everyone and welcome to A Woman's Place. Um, I'm Tina and this is Sarika and today we're continuing our uh, Violence and Technology Part 2 podcast. Yes, we've taken a bit, We, I, specifically me, but um, I think we've both been very busy. So a bit of a long hiatus this time. We took a hiatus before each one, but uh, yeah, look, we, uh, we're back again. Um, so yeah, we want to talk a little bit about we want to talk about a bit about technology and how um how it's being used in the world currently to uh infringe on people's rights, I suppose. Um so Sarka, do you want to start us off? So um the first thing that I wanted to speak about was facial recognition. Um, I'm sure we've all seen it in films, in documentaries and possibly in some news reports. But just to kind of give you an over an overview of it is um, it was created by America in their Army Research Laboratory and their Defense Advanced Research Laboratory Agency. Um, two big acronyms there. And basically what it uses is it uses the distance between your facial features to identify people. And one of the biggest and kind of um, most I suppose, scary things about it is that it it is able to perform mass recognition and it does not require the cooperation of the test subject to work. Mm -hmm. So unlike other forms of facial recognition, like retinal scanning, um, you you don't have to be aware that the cameras that are on you are um, recognizing the distance between your facial features and Mm -hmm. it can identify you. So in America, um, they use driver's licenses so it's about 120 million americans they have their faces scanned for their driver's licenses and then they're identifiable in places like um, shopping malls and airports and things like that um and the big thing about facial recognition is that it has a very very high false acceptance rate mm-hmm. um so questions have been raised about the effectiveness of it especially when it comes to like um security so instead of, say, just uh, scanning people's faces because you want to know how many women are in your um, shopping mall, how many men are in your shopping mall, this is specifically used in areas of, of what America would call kind of national security. Mm-hmm. And there is a big margin of error for people of color. So kind of racism is kind of built into these systems, because as we've spoken about before on this podcast with regard to um, medical Uh, testing. It was all done on men. And in this case, for facial recognition testing, it was mainly done on white people. Mm -hmm. And so the system itself has between a 23% and 36% margin of error. Have you seen, have you seen some like videos or even memes or people like complaining online, you know, they'll be taking a picture or they'll want to tag someone and it won't recognize a face like black people. They like even using the apps, they'll like they it, the the face won't be recognized. Their face won't be recognized, and it's because they have uh, darker features. Um, so that has been noticed, and that's funny how like it's also showing up in other places that it's not being able to. Like that, there's that constant joke that black black people has like it's like oh you think we all look the same, and it's like the technology is also being developed to not be able to tell the difference between. Um, people so that's mental yeah and then just one other point as well is that um 
companies who make facial recognition software sell them to governments and governments put them in place and they kind of stand back if you know what I mean like they put in the facial recognition in a railway um center say and then they just kind of stand back and like wait for it to identify criminals um and critics of facial recognition technology um say that the London borough of Newham which would be um it's in East London and it's kind of a very high traffic area like a lot of people would move through that borough on a daily basis has never identified a single criminal wow in the entire scheme's history it has never identified a single criminal despite the fact that obviously as there are in every other part of the world, there are criminals living in that borough of London. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's never managed to identify Never. One. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, what's the what's the use of it then? So is it like, if it's not actually going to, to successfully identify criminals, is it just a tool of surveillance and therefore control rather than like actual utility? Definitely. Like, it's London's the most watched city in the world. There's a CCTV camera for every single person in London. And to say that a system has never seen or caught a single criminal, it speaks to, number one, the the idea, like you said, that it's mass surveillance as opposed to identification, mm-hmm. um, which kind of, to me, speaks to the direction that the UK government is going in. Mm-hmm. It's uh, quite a right they're turning, they're turning quite heavily right. Yeah, yeah. The iceberg the is ahead and they're they're veering into it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so just one kind of final point on facial recognition in Europe is that um the EU privacy watchdog, which is the European data protection supervisor, has said that facial recognition should be banned in Europe because of its deep and non-democratic intrusion. Mm-hmm. So This is actually going through the European um, Union at the moment. There's debates going on and votes going on and stuff. So the European Union wants to use it for missing children and in cases of terrorist attacks. So they want to get that little step. And I think realistically, we all know that once they get it once, they're just going to keep adding on to that list of what they can use it for. Mm -hmm. So... I don't particularly like it. Well, they always they always shoehorn these things in with um, the emotional, the emotional, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, we just wanted to save children. That's all. We just wanted to save children. There's no worries. And people who do bad things. But you, you're a good person. So don't worry. And we'll get your child back if it's taken by a terrorist. You know, it's like pure. Yeah, it's just what's the word definitely cloak and daggers kind of stuff so the second kind of area that I wanted to speak about was China um so China has by far the most and most advanced facial recognition software in the world and I think that there's been a couple of documentaries and videos have come out a couple of articles about their social credit system yeah which is linked to their facial recognition system. So if you jaywalk, your face is going to be picked up by facial recognition and it's going to bring down your social credit score, which can then in turn maybe stop you from buying plane tickets, train tickets, or using public facilities like bathrooms and theme parks. So like the Black Um, Mirror episode, basically, same thing. Exactly like that Black Mirror episode, which was very on the nose 
um, kind of that came out just as all the information about the social credit score was coming out. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I kind of just wanted to have a little focus in on here was the state of um, Xinjiang, which is where um, the Chinese Uyghur people live. And I think a lot of people listening will have heard of the plight of the Uyghur people and what the Communist Party of China is doing to them. But the 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 kind of biggest thing about it is that what they are doing to the Uyghurs is only possible via facial recognition software and um, the tracking of humans through uh, the city of Kashgar, which is the capital of Xinjiang. Is there is there a facial recognition software that would be more advanced? Is that more accurate then than the Americans? Yeah, it would yeah. be more accurate because... It's made by China, it's tested on Chinese people, and it's been rolled out across places like, say, um, Shanghai and Beijing, where there is huge populations using, you know, the roads and the sidewalks every single day. So their facial technology would be much better at identifying Chinese people Mm -hmm. because it's tested on Chinese people. Yeah, yeah. So... um, Xinjiang is very important to the Chinese Communist Party because it's extremely resource rich and it is also strategically important for China's new Belt and Road Initiative, which if you haven't heard of, I really encourage you to look it up. Um, it's it's kind of like they want it to be like a new Silk Road. Mm-hmm. They want to control everything coming in and out of China. And one of the ways that they need to do this is they want to build pipelines straight through the the state of Xinjiang, through lands of Uyghur people, through lands that um, may be historically significant or culturally significant. And I think, as we all know, the easiest way to do something like that is to get rid or move the people who would complain otherwise. So, Kashgar was an old central part of the Silk Road as a city in Xinjiang. And even though it was a place that UNESCO had deemed to be part of an intangible cultural heritage, China raised that city to the ground and in its place built an artificial semblance of its old self, re-engineered for better surveillance. So Kashgar's homes, once centred around ancient mosques, are now evenly distributed between police stations. The cameras are everywhere. And there are gates that if your face scans and they don't deem that you have a reason to go through this gate, it will not open for you. So your mobility is limited um, everywhere you go in the city. And the Han Chinese, who are the um, dominant ethnic group in China and foreigners can go wherever they want. They can go from one end of the city to the other, pass all the facial recognition barriers, no problem. But Uyghurs can't. And I think that we all know the human rights abuses that are going on in China to the Uyghur people, and they are being made possible by this technology. Without this technology, it wouldn't be possible to do that. Or it would be far more like they they have done stuff like that before, but they it, they use they use papers like in South America, South Africa, apartheid South Africa. It was like papers, and obviously you're identified by your race, you know. And um, and in Palestine, it's um, it's your religion and also also your race as well, um, or your nationality. So, um, 
they do it elsewhere, but not at the sophisticated like level that's like centralized and and uh, computer operated. Exactly. And it's so much more efficient than using papers or using even, you know, physical border guards. Like it's just so much more efficient because the computer will do it all for you. Um, so the other thing that I thought was really interesting is about TikTok. So in June 2020, um, TikTok was kind of brought up on a charge of uh, facial recognition, that they were facially use, running facial recognition software on the people that were using their app and uploading videos to their app. It denied that it did this, but it did settle a $92 million lawsuit um, without, without admitting anything. And I think we all know if you settle a lawsuit for something of that, that magnitude, like you might not be admitting it, but you're saying that it's happening because why would you settle otherwise? Mm-hmm. And this is something that uh, America and Britain in particular are kind of freaking out about. They're kind of freaking out about the fact that it's a Chinese app that has garnered so much support. I mean, you do not, there is no teenager alive in the Western world who has not heard of TikTok. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's so popular, like it's Mm -hmm. unbelievable. And this is a real problem for big Western countries because they're still in this kind of, not Cold War, but kind of Cold War-esque battle of technology with China. Yeah, who are going to the moon soon (laughs) again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So even we saw this even when um, the US banned imports of Hawaii technology, you know, that phone company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the UK blocked the Hawaii building their 5G network. Yeah. So that that's quite suspicious. Yeah. I feel. Yeah, I feel like the the thing is that is um I think that maybe potentially needs to be highlighted here is the Americans are are doing exactly this with Instagram and Facebook, but they're just not doing it at the sophisticated level. And also they can't do it in China because China has blocked Facebook and Instagram. And um, I think Google is also blocked so that you can't those like I think we spoke about before in the last one, like these are the like your phone and all of these things are spying technologies. So, you know, they're like the U.S. government or whoever that Facebook wants to sell this technology to or this data to because they're probably not developing weapons themselves like Facebook, but they're selling all the data to weapon manufacturers. So they are at a significant um, loss in that, like they cannot they cannot identify Chinese people. They cannot spy on Chinese people. But the Chinese can can spy on or have um, access to the data of millions of um, Western people around the world. And interestingly, you know, uh, in Nigeria, I think it was recently, or was it Dominican Republic, um, blocked Facebook. No, or blocked Twitter in our country. I think, I think that some people especially when they're young like they don't tend to realize that if um if the product is free mm-hmm. you're the product yeah 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 
Yeah. Like yeah. they're selling all of your information. And, you know, Facebook has come out and said, oh, you can turn off this setting and you can turn off this setting. But like, do I really believe that if I turn off that setting, they're not going to be, you know, keeping my data? Like, I don't. I don't believe that. Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. So speaking of kind of Facebook and Instagram and all of them, literally billions upon billions of images that they have of me and you and everybody else. Um, I just wanted to speak about one um, company that is kind of coming up a lot in the discussion around um, GDPR and whether you own images of you. And it's a company called Clearview AI. So Clearview AI is an American facial recognition company which provides software to law enforcement, universities and individuals. The company's algorithm matches faces to a database of more than 3 billion images that they've scraped from the internet, including social media applications, which then link the images back to the original source, providing information about that person. So in a way, it's it's meant for law enforcement, but individuals can also buy the technology and search using pictures of people. Yeah, Christina's just raised her eyebrows really high there when I said that. Um, Shut up, yeah. Yeah, and with this, um, the owners were very open at the start and they did loads and loads of interviews. And then when people started asking them questions about what do you mean someone can search for me with a picture of me, they became very shy towards media requests and haven't really done a lot of media since then. That says a lot to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you. Yeah. Um, but it essentially what it means is if you were on the street and someone can get a relatively clear picture of your face, they can then pay Clearview AI for a membership, upload your picture, and it will search their database of, as I said, 3 billion pictures, to try and using facial recognition technology to try and find another picture of you from the yeah. internet, which will then link back to its original source, whether that original source is a Facebook page um, you know, the Irish examiner, like whatever it is, it will link back to that original source. And that is fucking creepy. Okay, is this, is this, where is this technology available? So it's available in America. And I, I, I know that most of the images that they've scraped are from Facebook and Instagram. So it's, it's Western countries, basically, is where their database is targeting. So um, what the, for me, what the creepy thing about this is, is the, the fact that um, they can take a picture of you and upload it and it will give you, give them your information. But also um, there were multiple reports that identified Clearview AI's association with far right personas so people who were very active in the far right have connections to Clearview AI. Um, now, the company says that they've severed ties with these employees. But just the fact that their employees were there, were in the far right in the first place is quite scary. When you consider that in the last 10 to 15 years, there have been attacks on politicians, both in England and America, um, and that was kind of 
because they were high profile faces, you know, that the person saw them on the street and recognized them. Like, for example, poor Joe Cox in, in England, who was a Labour MP who was murdered by one of her constituents in broad daylight in the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that kind of ability to um, find somebody online and once you have their face, their facial recognition data that you can then maybe find what their favorite pub is, where they go on a Saturday night, maybe even the street where they live. Yeah, that's very, very dangerous. And I think that a lot of people would agree that I don't think there were a lot of women involved in, in this company and its decision making. Yeah. Yeah. Because really any woman would say what you are. You are creating a stalker's paradise here. Yeah. Yeah. Which is bananas. The stalker aspect of it, although that is, um, that is scary. I think, I think the, the fact that it is in, in, um, like police officers' hands in the first, like, you know what I mean? That is, that's actually where it's most abused, like anything else. You know, all any of these things are, are are more abused by the government than they are of like, um, what you know, citizens. I'm sure you'll find there'll probably be a case where someone has been, you know, targeted or uses this technology to, to track down um someone and they're just ordinary people. But how many like rape cases are the same? You know, how many actual how many times are the police using this technology or their own power to abuse, you know, specifically women? Um, uh, so, yeah, I think we think like, because I, I, like I, you know, obviously Gardaí or cops are just like any other ordinary person, but they have access to significant amount of power and like, I just think that that needs to be always uh, put into its necessary box in that it's like, it's a threat, like, you know, it's it's a threat the same as way. It's, it's not like, I think we have a perception of like, oh, they're just lovely and they're protecting us. It's like, yeah, there's that aspect to it, but also there's the other side of it, you know, so. And um, kind of, I feel like law enforcement in general, it attract. Unfortunately, it attracts a certain type of person as well. Now, obviously, these people are, you know, a few in a big, big force, but it does attract people who have an attraction to power and who want to be powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're given that much power, a lot of the time, it it can bring out in you something that was latently hiding there all along. If you know what I mean. Um, And even during the coronavirus, we've seen with the track and trace, you know, especially at pubs where people have been writing down their number to be available for track and trace. And then they get text messages from people who work at that area, who work in that place saying, hi, saw you on Saturday night. You looked really pretty. Is there any way that I could get you a coffee? And, you know, that's only so that's someone who's a bartender or delivery driver. I've heard of lots of instances of delivery drivers turning back up at the house later on or texting the 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 customer later on and being like, so I delivered your pizza earlier. How would you fancy a date? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't I don't think that um I don't think it's too far of a stretch to say that somebody who has access to all of your personal information 
and would be maybe that way inclined might decide to um, break their professional boundary and contact you. Um, my it's friend, before. my friend Leah does psychology. She's studying in University of Florida, I think it is. And she told me that um, the military specifically recruits people who have um, who have either been diagnosed or are um, signaled that they have psychopathic tendencies. She said that she had a a their her her lecturer told her a, told told them like a case study where um, this guy was a psychology professor he identified that a student had psychopathic was a psychopath and then he got that student to go into the military because he was working with the CIA like (laughs) you know crazy doesn't surprise me actually like literally at all yeah that that's kind of it's kind of par for the course, though, particularly when it comes to like in an army, your job is to shoot and kill people. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you're slightly psychopathic, you're going to find it much easier to shoot and kill people. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, is there, yeah, the clear view? Yeah. So, yeah. So um, I said, remember, I said they scraped all of their images from the kind of the bottom of the barrel of the Internet. And in January 2020, Twitter, YouTube, Google and Facebook all sent Clearview AI cease and desist letters. Um, they say that they have uh, three over 3,000 active users of their technology, including the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, and several other private companies. And it was very, very difficult to find information on these private companies that are mm-hmm. buying um, licenses from Clearview AI. And that's definitely deliberate. Like, they're very happy to shout and say that the FBI are using their technology and that the Department of Homeland Security are using their technology, but they're not so happy to reveal their other users. And that kind of says a lot to me about um, who those other users might be. Like, and then finally, I had to bring in a bit of an Irish connection here, you know, I, 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 had I, I, to. Yeah. Um, there's a guy from Kerry called Donny O'Sullivan. He works for CNN. He's one of their correspondents. And he actually uh, went for an interview with the um, owner slash discoverer, I suppose, of Clearview AI, who is a guy called um, Hon Tan Tok. I cannot pronounce that right. I apologize. I'm definitely not pronouncing that right. But but essentially, he he had his picture taken by this guy and he fed it into the system and it found a picture of him from an under-14s GAA match with his local club in Kerry. A picture that was put on Facebook as part of those Oh Who Remembers These Days and a picture that was nearly 15 years old and it still found him. That's He's great. changed a lot yeah. since then. And it still managed to find him, which is mad to me, really. Um, I Before I did the kind of research this podcast, I knew like that obviously facial recognition could be linked like, you know, to your passport photograph, to your driver's license photograph, because they have to be updated every 10 years. But I didn't realise until I got into the Clearview AI, at, especially on white people, how effective uh, facial recognition technology can be. Because if there's one thing that doesn't change as you age, it's the space between your eyes. It's the the size of your eyes and the space between them because your eyes don't grow. The eyes that you're born with, they don't grow ever, which is why baby's eyes are so huge and so huge. Uh Um, But that means that a picture of you as a 10-year-old is going to have the same 
distance between and distance of your eyes as you when you are 50. Oh, wow. Which I didn't really realize before. That's crazy. Jesus. It's very like I. This is a, a little bit of a side note, but it's very um, measuring your nose kind of like, is it not? Is it not a descendant of that kind of like measuring the distance between your eyes and the measuring of nose of Jews to, to see if they were a Jew or not? Like it's I know that like potentially it is it is true. Right. OK, the dent. The, obviously what you're saying is true, that the distance between your eyes doesn't change. But where, do, you know, where have we seen also this before? Like not trying to say that um, people measuring my eyes means that I'm uh, um, a oppressed minority like victimized or whatever yeah but it's just that that's what bring what comes to mind when i think of oh they're 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 finding out who you are by measuring parts of your facial features of your face yeah yeah the distance between them it's kind of that that t is what they focus on the t that goes across your eyes and down your nose to your mouth and chin and like your cheeks and your forehead they they don't really measure those it's more about that t but we saw in the hong kong protests that facial recognition was being used to identify a lot of protesters Mm -hmm. and just for the sheer scientific value of it i'm now going to tell you how you can fool facial recognition cameras if you are so inclined yeah yeah Um, yeah. all you have to do is get dark colored uh, markers thick as thick as you can you want them to be like an inch thick and you just draw lines on your face. You just draw squares, circles, weird random lines on your face and the facial recognition software cannot recognize you then. So if you oh, were wow. to draw a diagonal line from your nose to your ear and you were to draw a squiggly line on your forehead, the facial recognition can't see because it's it's using the contours of your face, you know, like where your face has the shadow hits it and it's slightly darker than the rest of your face. That's what they're using yeah, yeah. to recognize. So if you have dark lines all over your face, particularly in like random, um, you don't want to draw like a square all around your face. You want it to be like random lines and random mm-hmm. squ- squirrels, swirls, not squirrels, <laughs> swirls and stuff. Um you can beat the facial recognition camera because it, it can't measure your face then. That's purely for scientific reasons. Um, just saying that. Yeah. Purely for, for scientific reasons. For science. For science. We're here for science. 100%. It's for science. Um, oh, that's excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much for the chat today. I actually have two pieces of great news that I'd like to share. First is... Fantastic. Uh, Conor McGregor uh, snapped his leg last night when he was uh, fighting Dustin Poirier snapped it oh no oh no yeah oh no snapped I wish him a full bad. and speedy recovery yeah he he looked not good it looked hard like it looked horrible but obviously no one was caring or obviously people care and um he was like on the ground telling Dustin Poirier that like your wife is in me GMs and then his wife like gives him the finger um and he's just like cursing and blah, blah blah like I didn't watch it obviously but I woke up this morning to on a picture on joe.e of like just his leg like bent I was just like oh I can't but also I really think like that man has not grown up since he was 16 like he oh, is 16 Do no you know what I, I mean, mean it's, when we were it's like, unnatural and like like I don't know when he started coming up but like when we were 26 
25, 26. That was like, uh, you know, bro culture, blah, blah, blah. But now the same, the same, the, the people who are the same age as him and who've grown up, they're like, dude, like, okay, this was funny when we were like, you know, like the 20, lads banter. We're lads banter and we're 25, but you're seriously like still on this buzz. Like he was trying, like his, even the smack talk and everything was absolutely shocking. But anyway, so that's, that's a good, sad. that is a bit, a bit of news. And also when you brought up Donny O'Sullivan, I wanted to share this um, short thing. It's like, that he tweeted recently, which I just think is not to do with technology, but it is kind of to do with technology. It's the technology of Irish culture. Um, oh, nice. But uh, he said, in my hometown in Ireland, there are a lot of O'Sullivan's. Most of us aren't related. As a result, every family has a nickname. A local magazine put together a list of all the nicknames for the Sullivan, Sullivan's in the area. So I'll just read you a few, but they're just absolutely brilliant. The Ashucks, the Bakeries, the Banks, the Bonds, the Bats, the Bells, the Bins, the Blackies, the Bobbies, the Bowlers, the Buzzy, Derry Moore, the Brogies, the Broners, the Buds, the Bush and the Glens, the Bunavalias, the Capamores, the Careys, the Kearneys, the Carrigs, the Cashlas, the Cushers, the Champions, the Christy Michaels. Um, I'll get to my favourite ones because they just... So the Jackies, the Jacks, the Germ the Germ Jerines, the Jimmy Jackines, the Jims, the Jobbers, the Johnny Jack Patsies, the Johnny Jacks, the Johnny Jack Pats, the Johnos. <laughs> and then where is it? Um oh yeah, the Ted Ans, the Trashers. But it's like the to- the 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 tier in a hiatus, the high altus, high altus, the Tommies, the Totties, the Tricks, the Trixies, the Tullegs, the Yanks, which I loved. Like I don't know which one he is. Uh, maybe he, he's the Yanks, but there's like a hundred and twenty five of them there. Who would like if you'd like to check them out? And I I've also retweeted on the Twitter, but I just thought that was so good. But that's like like when we talk about like facial recognition software, like in a way like culture has had that all the time where it's like it's discerning between this you know this clan and this clan it's like oh and, and it's also situating them you know as culture is a technology itself you know like it's situating them based on like that will tell you potentially something about their parents about where they're located and about the thing that um, a lot of time, like either something that has happened in their lives or what their the job of someone is, you know, like why is someone called like um, the Yanks? Like that has something to do with the their connection to America, or maybe they think they're American or something like this, you know. But you have you, I'm sure, like we have in West Cork, like um, Old O'Sullivan's Grand Braher or something like that. You know, it would be you you'd situated by. I think my favorite ones are like. My favorite ones are like the the ones that are obviously the father or grandfather's name. So the mm-hmm. O'Sullivans, which O'Sullivans? Ah, uh, Johnny Jackie po- Pat's O'Sullivans. You know yeah, Johnny yeah, Jackie yeah, Pat. Yeah, 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 I love yeah, those yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. And like even when you're a girl, they're like Mary O'Sullivan. Ah, uh, Johnny Mary, Johnny Mary. I know Johnny Mary. Like her name's yeah. not Johnny Mary, but she's yeah. Johnny's Mary. Yeah, you know, yeah, I really, yeah, I think yeah. those ones are brilliant. We I saw you- a great thread actually if you could ever find it on Twitter. And it was about like the most ridiculous nicknames that anyone had ever had. And they okay. said like, there was a, f- like a family called the Yanks mm-hmm. because they went to Florida once. Oh once yeah. In the 1980s. Oh my God. That's so funny. I mean, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying that the Yanks probably have like some 
perfect like tiny connection tiny connection to America and maybe they came home and they were talking about being in America or they came home with a bit of a twang so then then the local people started to take the piss and just all the Yanks the Yanks are in the Yanks are back from America you know and then that's how like the thing grows so I just thought that was very funny so yeah um thank you very much for listening I hope you uh I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to do one on um, the Free Britney movement as a uh, a secondary, uh, kind of a part two to the um, that witch cray. So uh, yeah, we'll talk to you the next time. And uh, thanks very much for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye.